Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4291 of the Bugle audio newspaper for an unapologetically but increasingly annoyingly visual world. I am Andy Zaltzman, the former 38-year-old, coming to you live and pre-recorded from the shed where truth comes to die here in South London. The sky is blue, the grass is green, the fox has scrapped on the patio again. It's an oasis of unchanging calm in a universe of chaos, by which I mean... My career has plateaued. Joining me this week to hold up the mirror to the world, to ask the world if it's happy with its haircut, and then to mutter under our breath that the world looks f***ing ridiculous with that self-inflicted mullet, I'm joined by, from New York City, USA, the land gripped by a potentially incurable case of election fever, the kind of fever that produces harrowing hallucinations, inexplicable behaviour and a slow and agonising death. It's Hari Kondabolu. Hello, Hari. Hey, Andy. Um, how, are, how are you? It's been a while, actually, since you've... Uh, You've been on the Google. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a minute. Thank you. Why do you ask me how I am every single time I'm on? Oh right. You know the answer. (laughs) Every time you say it, it's like saying, "Hurry!" uh, So you still don't know how to read, and you don't follow the news at all. Like, why do you say that? Oh, just, just just say hello, and every time with the is better than "Are you all right?" Which, uh, <laughs> as an American, every time as an American depressive, every time I hear that in London, <laughs> it'd be very startling. Uh, well, it's just it's just the way we Brits have always introduced to our, ourselves to people, pretty much ever since the Romans came over here, and we made them feel probably slightly more at home than would have been ideal with hindsight. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's great to have you back uh, back on the show. And um, uh, joining us from Dublin, Europe, it's Neil Delamere. Hello, Neil. How are you? I'm yeah, very well. Thank, thank you for Harry. asking. Thanks. I thank think you, it's yeah. a very polite way to start a conversation. <laughs> I am excellent. Thank you Good. for your concern for my welfare. <laughs> and how are you? Uh, well, adequate. Uh, adequate. Um, Excellent. I'll see well, you're welcoming the Romans, and I will raise you us welcoming the Normans in 1169. <laughs> which, which in hindsight, I mean, it went well for the King of Leinster at the time. But after that, I, I think sowed division is the <laughs> easiest way to say what happened in the next uh, 800 years. I'm sure that these things will work through these things in no time at all. We will. Um, we will. We will. We'll touch on certain related matters a bit later <laughs> in the show. Um, we are recording on the 12th of February 2024, the morning after uh, the Taylor Swift Super Bowl, as it will surely forever be known. We will t- talk about that. Uh, that le- did you did you both watch it? Yes, I did. Yes, I, yes, I um, think I did. <laughs> I've no idea what I watched. I'll be honest with you. It may have been a prolonged usher, usher tete fever dream I had. Um, we will. Uh, I was up till half past four in the morning watching it with my son, so I might not be at my absolute peak of um, uh, of alertness today. Uh, anyway, uh, on this, this day in fourteen twenty nine, um, the Battle of Herrings took place near Rouvray in North France. Um, So what happened, you may ask, and why is it called the Battle of the Herrings? Um, Well, to be honest, I didn't read beyond the first line of the Wikipedia entry, um, which entertained me because it's called the Battle of the Herrings. It was during the Siege of Orléans. Uh, Now, I know some people believe the Battle of of the Herrings was the origin story of the British comedian Richard Herring, um, famously (laughs) immortal, of course, and his battle to the death with his brother Principal almost 600 years ago now. Doesn't time fly very much the Cain and Abel 
uh, Romulus and Remus story of uh, British comedy. But it wasn't that, sadly. Uh, it was, in fact, an English military victory. It's been a while since we had one of them. Uh, but back in the 15th century, you didn't have the human rights lobby jumping all over you saying, how about negotiating like grown-ups, everyone? Uh, simpler times. Uh, it was a battle during the Hundred Years' War uh, between England and France. Bloody hell, you can barely get a one-year war off the ground these days without everyone complaining. Um, and, uh, well, having not done my research, I assume the English, under the seven-year-old King Henry VI, intercepted a battalion of French soldiers trying to swim to freedom in herring outfits up the Loire River uh, by using a mixture of fishing rods and uh, hastily improvised nets. They caught the fish capologists, and that's the origin of the term something fishy is going on. Uh, also, due to the way with victory assured that the English, just for fun, used cricket bats to whack the stragglers whilst wearing primitive eyewear to protect their eyes from the ranted Loire water. The term fish hits and goggles, which transmuted mistakenly, as language often does over the years, into the commonly used English phrase fish hits and giggles. Um, let me just check if that was the case. Uh, it wasn't, it, uh, sadly. It wasn't. Uh, it was something to do with uh, a fight over a convoy containing lots of barrels of herring. Uh, worth uh, several hundred people dying for in my book. Um, but anyway, this, history's... Can I ask, was this in Orléans? Uh, it was near Orléans. So right, so was... the maid of Orléans, famously Joan of Arc. Yes. You're, you're noticing a kind of a... They like to smoke things. Yes. By the, by the looks of things. Both yeah. fish and teenage generals. Yes. I don't know if they they cooked some of the herring on the same barbecue that they cooked Joan of Arc on. I'm not sure. I think it was a couple of years before the, oh, uh, yeah, the, a... the Joan of Arc hot dog incident. But um, How is Orléans spelled? Is it O-R-L-E-A-N? Uh, with an S on the end. So Wait, like, so it's like the supposed old to be, one. It's supposed the old, the old to be one. New yeah. Orléans. Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Why, wildest so, thing about this story, all that's, right. That's the wildest thing about New Orleans is the fact yeah. it's pronounced New Orleans. Yeah, all, all the herring... See, that's how... Herring would originally be caught, and they had one moment, according to French uh, mythology, of how to get out of the net. And what they would do is they'd take off their top, and they would be given <laughs> beads, and the beads would go around the herring's neck, and they were let free if their breasts were sufficiently impressive. <laughs> Are we learning, Douglas? Are we learning? Anyway, <laughs> history is written by the winners, so we're going to ink that uh, that particular version of the uh, Battle of the Herrings into the history books for all time. Uh, um, our, uh, our section in the bin this week, well, uh, Wednesday, the 14th of February, is, of course, Valentine's Day. Uh, St. Valentine, the anonymous Bishop of Horn, as he himself described himself back in his third century pomp, uh, the patron saint of uh, epistolary card-based stalking. Uh, has his uh, his Saints Day on the 14th of uh, February. But why did Valentine become anonymous anonymous with love and courtship? Uh, well, as well as being the patron saint of love and lovers, also according, according to Catholic.org, he was the patron saint of young people, which might explain some things about the history of the Catholic Church. But l- let's, move, <laughs> let's move on from that. Uh, also, the patron saint of many other things. He spread it around the big V, to be fair to that, including bees and plague. So if you're sending someone a Valentine's card this year, try to be authentic and factor in all of St. Valentine's hobbies. Um, I don't know how you do that. What rhymes with stung by a swarm of bees while suffering fatal buboes? I'm not entirely sure. But for our section in the bin, we have a free Valentine's Day audio Valentine's message for you to play anonymously to someone that you are romantically interested in. It's very clever technology. Uh, The technology hijacks your intended Belovedables Bluetooth headphones and plays your Valentine's message over whatever they're listening to at the time 
but with no way of them knowing from whom the anonymous love message has been sent. The audio is also disguised, so it doesn't sound like your voice, so the recipient of your anonymous amorosity cannot recognise you as the sender. Uh, It comes with a special heart sound effect at the end, so here is your uh, audio Valentine's message. Please use it wisely. Roses are red, violets are blue, a kind of violet kind of blue, admittedly. You are stuck in my head, I'm dreaming of you, and if you let me be yours, I promise I will conduct our relationship committedly. The reason for that uh, that rather heavy-sounding heart is not because of the, the heaviness of the love-struck heart, but it's that uh, we had to use an ox heart from the butcher. They wouldn't let me use a human one at the local hospital. They said they needed it for a transplant or something. Anyway, uh, that's your uh, Valentine's Day uh, message in the bin. Pretty f***ing weird tradition when you think about it. <laughs> Top story this week. AI is continuing to take over the world. Uh, hugely exciting uh, moments in the history of the uh, AI gradual takeover of this planet. Um, the jailed cricket legend Imran Khan has claimed victory in the Pakistan general election using AI to make a victory speech. Um, Obviously, when you're in jail, it's quite hard to make an official victory speech, but he has authorised an AI version of himself to claim victory. I will not try to explain the politics of Pakistan. Suffice it to say, it's f***ing complicated. Um, An oversimplified version of that complexity Uh, in the aftermath and aftermaths of the election is that a former prime minister who had previously been convicted of numerous crimes and was living in exile to avoid going to jail, uh, but was recently, just in advance of the election, in fact, uh, exonerated and allowed back into the country, is claiming victory, as is another former prime minister who had previously not been convicted of numerous crimes, but has now, recently, just in uh, in advance of the election, in fact, been convicted of numerous crimes, de-exonerated, if you will, and is now in jail from where he claimed victory. And, I mean, this surely is the future embracing us within its warm and terrifying embrace, that that now you can claim victory in an election whilst in jail... And this might prove useful, Harry, for certain candidates in the American election uh, in the not-too-distant <laughs> future. Um, I mean, this you, you must be hugely excited by this. Oh, are you talking about uh, using AI to weekend at Bernie's Biden? <laughs> yeah, just, basically. Just keep him up as long as we possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> this tech, I mean, it is the future, but it's only like part of the future. Because like, you know, Nawaz's party, I'm sure, could have released a video of Imran Khan accepting that said something completely different. Right? <laughs> My name is Imran Khan and I love bacon. If you if you voted for my party, it's because you eat pig and spurn the will of Allah. Also, I played cricket while wearing women's undergarments. P.S. I love India. Well, I I've mean, recently married a Danish cartoonist. Here is our photo album. It is quite possible he did play cricket in women's underwear by repute. He um, he might have had opportunity to collect uh, quite a bit of it in his uh, very handsome heyday. Hey, if it's working, you don't change it. <laughs> you don't change well, it. Well, imagine being caught with women's underwear and going, listen, I have some superstitions, and I won <laughs> wearing a G-string once, so now I just have to do it. It's not my fault. <laughs> do you remember, he approved this message, and, and they AI'd it out. Do you remember when, if if you wanted to put, get a message in or out of a prison... 
somebody had to put something up their bum at some point. <laughs> like, that is how you gauge commitment. Anybody can just really... He's sitting there with a script going, yeah, I want, I want myself to say that. If you really, if you really want to gauge commitment, you go... Imran, you're going to have to cut this speech short because John has to bring it out. And I mean, you've got pages and pages and pages and pages there. <laughs> that is how you tell it. It's very weird to see if you're from Ireland or the UK or this side of the world, just how powerful the Pakistan army is. It's just an odd thing to see, given that we've seen so much uh, hand-wringing over the dwindling numbers of the UK armed forces in the last couple of weeks. A friend of mine is from London and he lives in Dublin and he said to me, like out of the blue, Neil, there's 80,000 people in the army now in Britain. 80,000. You could fit all the British army in Croke Park Stadium. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'd let them in again, to, to be honest. <laughs> it hasn't always gone well, though, has you it? You know, fooling me once. <laughs> Shame on me, Andy. That's, that's what I would say there. At this point, I believe AI could do anything. At this yep. point, I, if you had told me that Andy Zaltzman has died 10 years ago and the bugle has been presented by a George Foreman grill with an accent, that, that would be it. You... <laughs> You're a soda stream with a classics degree. I'm firmly convinced you died in, right. like, 1997. A couple of quotes from some of my early reviews there. Uh, coming You're a soda stream with a classics degree. He's bubbly, but ultimately <laughs> calorifically <laughs> f- unimportant. So, as you said, Nawaz Sharif, he's the former Prime Minister claiming victory. Imran Khan, uh, the other former Prime Minister claiming victory. The main difference between the two candidates, other than the fact that one is in jail and one... Uh, isn't, uh, but until recently should have been, uh, was that Imran is one of the greatest cricketers in the history of the sport. Um, and uh, But he's incurred the wrath, as you said, of the, uh, the the Pakistan army. Now, Pakistan democracy, again, it's always hard to look at another country's democracy from an outside perspective, but it seems to have long operated on the traditional one-person, one-vote basis, but added one army more votes than all the one persons put together, uh, which is a, a key part of it. David Cameron, the foreign secretary, God rest his soul, um, if it's ever found, <laughs> said there were serious concerns over the fairness and lack of inclusivity of the Pakistan election. And this is David Cameron we're talking about, who has just been plonked into the House of Lords without being elected so he can take up one of the most important positions in government. So he knows a f***ing thing or two about unfairness and subverting democracy. So his words carry a lot of weight. Um, the uh, So the 1992 World Cup winning captain uh, is in jail. He was ousted from power in 2022. His supporters say the 362 test wicket fast bowling all-rounder has been convicted on trumped-up charges for political reasons, but his opponents say the say the 7,500 international run scorer abused his power and betrayed his people. Um, uh, since being ousted, the 71-year-old former Sussex and New South Wales player has faced numerous different um, uh, convictions. Charges have included leaking state secrets, for which he's serving 10 years in jail, corruption, 14 years, contravening marriage laws, uh, seven years, his wife was also jailed, and taking 40 wickets in a series against India in the 1982-83 season with one of the all-time great displays of fast bowling. His pace, skill and master of the arts and crafts of uh, bowlsmanship were simply unplayable in a series in which no other bowler thrived. No years uh, for that uh, for that crime. So uh, I hope we've uh, filled in some of the gaps. I have several questions. I have several, yep. several questions. First of all, arts and crafts of, of bowling. I can oh, understand yeah. the art of it. At what point does he fashion some sort of ball or bat himself? Is there a, a craft involved? <laughs> have I well, missed I think this more part? The, the craft in the like, infinitesimally different way of using using the fingers, of angling the seam, of breaking the wrist. That, that okay, kind of, okay. All right. All right. That, that answers my first question. Secondly, yeah. I don't really understand cricket that much, but okay. I, is it right... 
from what I've seen, if he makes a run from prison, does yeah. somebody else have to run into the prison? Then? I think that is, is the case. Is that how yes. it's done from that about 22 very... yards away? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that, that, is, that is the case. Yep. If you smuggle something up your bottom into a prison, is it called something in the crease? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, look, we're, we're going to have to do a bit of background checking on that, but let's assume the answer is yes. Okay. Andy, quick, uh, just quick uh, correction. Uh, earlier, uh, you had said Omar Sharif instead of Nawaz Sharif. Oh, right. Omar, Omar Sharif really? uh, is uh, an actor who passed <laughs> oh, right. away several years ago. It was in the film Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, right. Doctor okay. Shivago, filmed in 1965. Andy. Okay. Well, yes, not, nothing to do with the Pakistani election. I don't want to start spreading that now. <laughs> that, that's just all sorts of confusing. Did I genuinely say that? I think so. We All right. Can, okay. Ted, if I'm wrong, we can cut this out, but I'm pretty sure. No, we can keep it in, even if you're wrong. I'm happy with it. <laughs> Look, it just shows that in modern democracy, you can't trust anything. You know, would Omar Sharif be a better or worse or more legitimate prime minister than Nawaz Sharif? I don't think we can answer that question. So let's just leave it. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can. <laughs> and the answer is those smouldering, if dead eyes, I would give them a go. <laughs> But like I said, I think this is this is great news. I think the controlled use of AI in politics can only be a good thing, apart from it obviously potentially being and already being a very, very, very f***ing bad thing. Because not only does it allow politicians who've been incarcerated at Imran on dubious grounds, despite their outstanding uh, uh, cricket stats, to participate fully and openly in the democratic process, but it also allows, uh, for example, awful politicians to be made to say reasonable things. Because, I mean, technology always tends to head towards the negative pile driving of the soul of humanity into the deepest available abyss but why not harness the wizardrous witchcraft of ai to make for example bashar al-assad make a moving speech in favor of animal rights or the late silvio berlusconi to expand on the importance of respect and equality between the sexes or even donald trump to say something that doesn't make you want to curl up and into a ball and sink into a 200 year hibernation uh, as you hinted at we can bring dead politicians back to life harry would you not it with the 2024 u.s election yeah. Would you not rather have Abraham Lincoln versus Frankie Roosevelt than Donald Trump versus Joe Biden? I I would still have that. I would yeah. I would dig them up. And All right. So even up. without the AI, you'd just take the the, the corpses. Yeah. Okay. I think that honestly, that sh- <laughs> not that much of a difference at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking a matter of years. Um, but also, I think <laughs> most in, years. most importantly, with AI being used like this, it it brings honesty to the lies that blight our politics. Because we know politicians are bullshitting us. We're human. That's the way we roll. But if we know that it's a lying version of an actual politician that is lying to us, that is easier to take. It's like a double negative, I think. Lie times lie equals truth. Or is it lie plus lie equals two lies? Either way, either way, it's better for all humanity. Volcano AI news now, and, well, hugely exciting development in the world of um, previously unintelligible, almost 2,000-year-old scrolls. Um, um, Three students have won a $700,000 prize for using AI to translate text from scrolls that were buried when Mount Vesuvius erupted in 79 AD. 
Um, these were part of a, a collection of over 800 scrolls that were discovered almost 2,000 years after Vesuvius quite literally blew its top in a dispute over whether or not people should be living near a volcano, a dispute that the uh, celebrity mountain won quite conclusively at the time. This is massively exciting. Neil, I know you're um, you know, obsessed with All over. Uh, um, the ancient Roman world, particularly... No. Not only the ancient Roman world, but also how it interacts with any sort of volcanology, if that's the word. Uh, Yeah, this is extraordinary. Students did this. Three students used AI pattern recognition that they built themselves to solve a 2,000-year-old mystery. When I was a student, I ate a ram's testicle as a dare. (laughs) These lads. Let me tell you one thing. You have to take that in stages. Stage one, get a good firm grip of the ram. Because <laughs> this bad boy is not expecting what's about to happen next. And the second ball is even harder because he knows what to expect after the first one. <laughs> anyway, this is amazing. The CT, CT scanned these scrolls, uh, which, by the way, is a massive kick in the teeth if you've been waiting for hospital tests. And <laughs> <laughs> you're on a trolley and they wheel in a scroll into X-ray and go, listen, it's fine. The tumour's only getting a little bit bigger. We need to look at what's in these 2,000-year-old papyrus messages. It could be something very, very time-sensitive. Um, and it's thought that they they were found in what is, is, is Julius Caesar's father-in-law's house. That's what they reckon... Um, that's what the location is. And then th- this morning, I don't know, this is just breaking news. Have you seen this? They found Caesar's diary. Oh, right. Okay. It's actually Caesar's, Julius well, Caesar's diary. I mean, yeah. you probably haven't seen this, but I mean, I can read it uh-huh. out if you, if yeah, you please wish. Do, yeah, please um, do. The diary of Julius Caesar, age 55 and three quarters. <laughs> Heading into town later on. Lads, night out. Woo! Uh, Brutus has been in a bit of a mood lately, but I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I, I invented a salad this morning. <laughs> I haven't decided on a name yet. A Julius salad. No, that's not right. Anyway, <laughs> today is the 15th of March, 44 BC. All of us wondered what the BC stands for. I suppose we'll find out eventually. My back is still at me. Everyone is recommending acupuncture, but I'm not so sure. I've been sent out to get bathroom stuff. Cleo is still refusing to accept her diagnosis of lactose intolerance. Anyway, <laughs> I'll write more tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> P- peace out, J-Dog. <laughs> Oh, it's very interesting. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten this insight without AI. That's right. That's that's, that's one. The BC, I think, stands for <laughs> breaded chicken that goes with the salad for an extra uh, an extra oh, fee. I think. Of course. Yeah. Yep. I love how these scrolls took. Like they, the, uh, the article I read said that there was a there was a monk who painstakingly had to s- open these scrolls over the course of years so they wouldn't fall apart and then and then you have to they got this incredible machine to analyze it they had this contest where these brilliant students finally pieced together pieces of the the scroll to figure out what it says and what it ended up saying uh was uh they assume it was from the philosopher philo philodemus he apparently in in those segments those passages they translated he writes about music food and how to enjoy life's pleasures they spent all that money and time and energy <laughs> to discover an ancient blog. <laughs> that's all, all that to just find out what a guy thinks about the stuff around him. Like, rest of the scrolls, I assume, will be a mix of reviews of local eateries and erotic <laughs> fan fiction based on the Odyssey and the various poems of Ovid. <laughs> 
<laughs> LPS Maximus, I think it was mainly reviews. Yeah. Well, if if the erotic fan fiction is anything like some of the frescoes that have been discovered in the Pompeii and Herculaneum, it is going to be absolutely monstrously filthy. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be a picture book, isn't it? Wangs <laughs> everywhere. Um, but so while it was with the uh, the eruption in 79 AD, preserved the towns of Pompeii and Herculaneum pretty much as they were an incredible historical resource. Although when aged one and a half, my elder child did do a little bit of rearrangement at Herculaneum, um, which was quite... I don't think that bit should go over there, darling. Okay, uh, you win. Um, so, but I'm sure it wasn't that important. Um, so, uh, but this is only, we've only deciphered a, a, a tiny fragment of these, uh, these 800 uh, papyri. As you say, there's a lot of uh, speculation about what's... They could contain lost scripts of classic works of literature and drama, details of the history, life and politics of one of the most influential civilizations in the entire history of Italy, um, the original Latin versions of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter novels. Uh, they could also contain the first draft of the laws of rugby union, although only 800 scrolls have been found, so it probably wouldn't be all the laws of rugby union. And uh, they could also contain proof of whether Robert Oppenheimer uh, was really the guy who invented the nuclear weapon rather than, as some people now think, the ancient Greek science was Euclid. Um, Though some people being you, Buglers, I've planted the idea that is the power of new media. It is slightly dispiriting, I think, coming as we do from the 21st century, that um, papyrus rolls submerged by a 400 degrees Celsius pyroclastic flow almost 2,000 years ago have proved more durable than crucial WhatsApp messages exchanged by leading political figures during the COVID crisis. I, I don't think that brings any glory to the modern age. But if you're a spy, you know, and you, you know when they, they read the meetup point or whatever for the dead drop and then they light the piece of paper, surely this is just f*** that entirely. You can't <laughs> ever get rid of anything because in 2000 years some student <laughs> is just going to decide for his final year project to read through your ashes. <laughs> American news now. Hari, what the f*** is going on in America? I don't, I don't know. Right. I, what do you mean? What the, uh, two elderly men are 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 arguing publicly about who's going to end the world? <laughs> All because we elected a young black man to be president many years ago. <laughs> That's what's happening. And now these two old geezers are going at it. It's just horrendous. Horrendous. When the Bugle relaunched, Harry, you, you did the very first episode with me in New York, and that was just before the 2016 presidential election. <laughs> I mean, did you think that eight years later we'd, we'd be here with, with Trump and, and Joe Biden running for office? I didn't expect eight years later. Right, okay. <laughs> so this is all, it's all it's up a bonus. from here. Every day's yeah. a bonus. Oh, good. Yeah. So specifically, uh, well, Trump... I mean, it's quite hard to narrow down <laughs> Trump to just one little section of the bugle uh, every week these days. But he um, did something that I don't think many American presidential candidates would have done in the past. And that is uh, encourage an enemy nation to attack America's allies. Um, <laughs> he, um, he basically said, he re he re in a speech, he reported a conversation he said he had when he was president saying that if uh, a NATO country had not paid its bills, he would encourage Russia to do, quote, whatever the hell they want. Um, I mean, this 
Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to make the world exciting if he starts applying this when he uh, uh, if he wins the election. Exciting is is one word for it. Yes, it's yep. it's, it's an exciting <laughs> turn of events. I like it. The logic. I would encourage Russia to attack countries who are in an organization that was created to protect countries from being attacked by Russia. <laughs> <laughs> like, like also, it doesn't attacking a NATO ally mean that other NATO members would have to respond? It's like Russia hurt Portugal. NATO attack Russia from hurting Portugal. Like it's just. <laughs> It's it's a real mo- it's a mafia don type thing. Right. Like it, it like Portugal like if Portugal doesn't pay its fees, well then uh, Portugal maybe uh, you don't pay your uh, dues and when uh, Russia attacks, I look the other way. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe it takes a few extra hours to get there. I don't know. Don't Donald know. Trump is just walking around knocking over busts of Ferdinand Magellan going, "Oh, look, eh, it would be a shame if I broke the next one as well." <laughs> oh, you got a bust of Henry the Navigator. Oh, it would be an awful shame if it was replaced by this bust of Catherine the Great, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know when you don't book a seat like on a plane, you don't upgrade yourself and then yep. you find out that there's a free seat and you haven't paid for it and you look at the suckers who did pay for it and you've gotten the same result as them. Yeah, That's what Ireland feels like now because we haven't <laughs> joined NATO and it looks like you're all going to be attacked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, the White House called Trump's comments appalling and unhinged. And I guess the problem for Biden, Hari, is that no matter how hard he tries to convince voters that he can be as appalling and unhinged as Trump, he just he just can't match him on a on a day to day, week to week basis. No, no, that little bit of integrity, knowledge, and expertise has prevented him from saying batshit crazy things <laughs> on a regular basis. And keep in mind, this is without Twitter. It would be yes. so much worse if it was like when Twitter was using, like when Trump was using Twitter all the time. This is, you know, the occasional public statement. So, you know, it's going to get, get, if he wins, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be really bad. In fairness, Biden does say, uh, he does get mixed up. He doesn't say horrendous stuff like that, but he does get mixed up. Like he said this week that when when that, when that report came out and it said that he was uh, an uh what, what, what was the phrase? He was he had a poor memory and he would come across as a sympathetic, well-meaning older man, but with a very poor memory. And then he did the press conference to allay everybody's fears that he didn't have a poor memory. And he said that the president of Egypt, El Sisi, was in fact the president of Mexico. So, <laughs> I mean, how do you mix up such distinct and different countries? It is very <laughs> easy, surely, to keep such famous stories about those places clear in your head like whether it's little Zorro being floated down the Rio Grande as a child in a in a basket that later took his name and then years later <laughs> parting the Red Sea and fleeing with the Israelites or, or Davy Crockett fighting the Nazis at the Battle of El Alamo I mean and that is a, a portmanteau between El Alamein and Alamo and if you can find a better pun on Mexican and Egyptian battles I am all <laughs> in ears my friends do you remember a couple of years ago when the Ever Given blocked the Suez Canal right in the heart of Tijuana? Do you remember that? <laughs> there was a suggestion that the, the captain got distracted listening to the famous Bangles hit Walk Like a Mexican. You remember this. In 1965 when Carlos Santana played the lead in Dr. Chivago, he put Mexican acting on the map. He laid down a marker. 
And it was him. It wasn't the president of Pakistan and the Sharif. It was <laughs> Carlos Santana. You cannot confuse these cultures. Is it for this that Goddess Basnet, the cat of Ra, hunted Speedy Gonzalez? Surely not. Is it for this that Cleopatra killed herself by being bitten on the breast by two chihuahuas? No. No, it's not. And apparently she was so bitter about being vanquished by Octavian, the dogs licked a line of salt down the shot and then bit her to kill the taste. I couldn't even get to the end of that sentence myself. I mean, to be fair, like, confusing Mexico and Egypt is a mistake any American could make. (laughs) So, it's not going to hurt him here. Uh, Trump's defenders and enablers have claimed that he, he doesn't really mean what he says when he says these things. And to be honest, I don't know if that would be better or worse. I mean, for a start, A, he clearly does mean these things. But but if anything, he probably actually reined himself in a bit when he merely said that he would have encouraged Russia to do what the hell they want. I think what he probably meant was, chances are these countries are one or more of French or German, so frankly, I'd f***ing nuke the cheese and or sausage-eating f- myself as soon as uh, as soon as I can lock myself in the Oval Office with my big red button and 25 burgers to keep me going whilst I watch Armageddon unfold on Fox. So... If anything, we should be grateful that he's, you know, obviously developed some kind of verbal restraint. You mentioned the um, uh, the, jo- the Joe Biden case uh, there, the uh, the inquiry that found that Biden had uh, willfully retained and disclosed classified files, but did not charge him um, and said uh, in a 345 page um reports that was, well, extremely uncomplimentary, um, said that the uh, president had... Um, significant limitations in his memory, and it would be difficult to convict him because, quotes, at trial, Biden would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I mean, I guess, it again, it tells a lot about the strange world of American politics in 2024, that being a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, obviously that's not ideal for a presidential candidate, but it seems to be worse than being an antagonistic, malevolent, cantankerous, elderly with a poor and willfully selective memory. But I guess such are the times. <laughs> what a choice, Ari. What a choice America is facing. I mean, you got uh, Trump's old, too, but you have to remember, Biden is like an old 81. That's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say, but he's like an old 81, and Trump is a young 77. Like, you, you, can, you can see the, the, the difference. I mean, I think my way... Like my test to see if someone should be president or not is, do you trust them behind the wheel of a car? (laughs) Perhaps the country is a bad idea for Biden. Still not going to vote for Teddy Kennedy then, is it? (laughs) Even though he's no longer with us, but that's not the main reason Harry wouldn't vote for him. Biden is meant to have shared his uh, classified information from his diaries with his ghostwriter. Now, is anybody else feeling uncomfortable given how old Biden is with the term ghostwriter? <laughs> <laughs> it just feels a bit too close yeah. to the bone, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, they're getting, giving him all this shit for bringing documents home. Like, I believe his response was, of course I brought documents home. Otherwise, I would have forgotten what I did. <laughs> Also, they were in the basement, no, the garage of his Delaware home, and he was, wasn't he living in, he was living somewhere else in a different state at the time, and, uh, like, I'm moving at the moment, and 
I have no idea where anything is. There's no <laughs> way he knew that. You could, I could open the fridge and Lord Longford would be talking to Shergar about the fourth secret of Fatima. You haven't a f***ing clue what's anywhere. <laughs> and never mind being 81, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know where anything was. So I'm going to give him a pass on that. Let's talk about Tucker Carlson, please. Yeah, the Tucker Carlson uh, interview with, uh, with Vladimir Putin. Um, I mean, possibly one of the... It's going to go down as one of the all-time great conversations in human history, isn't it? I mean, you sort of mentioned uh, Moses, um, you know, one of his his chat with God that ended up with him uh, introducing the tablet uh, to humanity that's ruined our children's lives so much. Um, but Carlson and Putin, that's got to be that's got to be right up there in terms of of you know, human communication, hasn't it? How he oh got God. that whole thing down his throat is just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Family show. <laughs> I would imagine they warmed them up with a small one and then a slightly bigger one, given that it's Russia, and then a slightly bigger one and then a slightly bigger one. That's how he probably did it. Tucker Carlson, who looks like Woody from Toy Story mid-colonoscopy, just <laughs> covered himself in shame, didn't he? he? He asked questions. Talk about softball. It was somewhere between the questions a royal would ask at the opening of a community centre and questions that you would ask at a teenage beauty pageant. Or if you want to combine the two, the questions Prince Andrew would ask on a date. He <laughs> allowed a 20-minute lecture on Russian history from Putin and didn't fact check any of it. And Putin, all the experts afterwards said he made up all sorts of shit. He was <laughs> like, oh yeah, when Jesus was born, the three wise men came from the east. Now they were Stalin, Lenin and Lev Yashin. That's right. The, the <laughs> finest goalkeeper the Soviet Union has ever produced. Anyway, listen, it's a long story, but they gave Jesus a Sauron's ring of power and he went through the looking glass where he asked Boney M to kill the Romanovs and that is how the state of Russia was founded. And Carlson was like, yeah, 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 that, that sounds right. <laughs> He didn't ask any tough questions that a proper journalist would have asked the Russian premier. Like, what about what about Mario Paul? How many dolls is too many dolls inside each other? Should Ivan Drago have just used his superior reach and jabbed Rocky into submission? None, none of the tough questions that we all want answered. I've always wondered that as well. Strange I mean, his, he clearly had the height, Harry. He clearly had it. Why was he getting dragged in? He should have boxed. He should have. He shouldn't have got in, involved in a brawl. I mean, it's just it's he tasted boy. blood when he killed Apollo, and he just wanted more. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You see, many a man has lost in a fictional in a fictional <laughs> boxing fight because of that. I'm kind of, I was going to congratulate you, Neil, on the first. Well, this is now well, 291st episode since we relaunched. I think we did 294. First Lev I, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say well done on the first Lev Yashin reference, but I just did a quick search on my computer, and I'm afraid I think it's the second Lev Yashin reference we've had. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how long is the is, is the gap between the two? You see, uh, I think, well, it was uh, I found it looking for a word a word search in fourth issue four thousand and fifty eight. So that's what two hundred and oh, okay. two hundred and thirty thirty four. I was going to say Kanchelskis. Right. But Kanchelskis was born in Ukraine. I just thought that would mix up stuff. Oh, that could have been very provocative. Yeah, that's um, what I thought as well. Yeah. So I thought I would go with somebody who was hardcore Soviet Union right. era. Anyway, well done. This is the research that, I, I do for that. you. That's, that is what I expect, Neil, and well done for stepping up to the plate. Uh, Middle East update now, and, uh, well, it's extremely hard to digest the news from the Middle East, so I'm going to give it to you in five seconds uh, in the form of a single sound. Oh, ah, ah. let's move on. 
Sport now, and uh, well, the Super Bowl last night, an absolutely spectacular game that, uh, well, shifted through various moods and, 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 and passages and ended up with a, a titanic finish. Uh, with Kansas City winning a second consecutive Super Bowl, the uh, how's it pronounced? Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Kansas Heifes. City Chiefs, the Chiefs, yes. um, beat uh, the San Francisco uh, 49ers um, in overtime. Um, Hari, I know you're a, you're a big big sports fan. It was, I mean, it was a it, intense and dramatic game. I just want to congratulate Taylor Swift on that amazing catch in yep. overtime. The way she brilliant. cut. And yeah. then was able to, it was a pressure situation. She just pulled it in, touchdown. She was so shocked she didn't even start celebrating because I'm like, I just caught a touchdown. And and also congratulations to Taylor Swift for throwing that touchdown. <laughs> Her ability <laughs> to stay focused in such a difficult situation, a clutch moment, and then throw it to herself was something else. Yeah. And so congratulations to Taylor Swift on her on her first Super Bowl victory. That's why she's paid the big bucks, one of the you know, highest-paid celebrities in the world, and it's to do those kind of things under that kind of pressure, I guess, is why why she's worth that. That's correct. Yeah. It was interesting afterwards that um, a number of the Kansas players and, and staff thanked God uh, for helping them win their third Super Bowl in, in five seasons. Um, and you know the old saying from science, if three or more people uh, say something, it's uh, probably correct. Um, that's also how news works as well as science and hype of course uh, and and religion and the fact that Kansas had God on their side that does raise a few questions one is God a Swifty I think we can assume that he is uh, mm. two should God not be f***ing focusing on something more f***ing important than American football and three why does God have it in for San Francisco actually let's probably not uh, <laughs> uh, answer that um, no. uh, too closely but um also is this the proof that conservative christian america needs that donald trump is not the guy they should be getting behind because it's well known that the chief's win was part of a an overt conspiracy by taylor swift to shape america according to her every whim and steal yet another election from trump and god just helped swift in the chiefs to victory in a game that if played in a godless universe on the balance of play over the course of the uh, uh, the match they would obviously have lost so so, Sean, is this going to be? Is this going to turn Christian America against Trump? Do you think, Harry? No. Well, first of all, this is just proves that God is a is a is a gambler, is a horrible gambler, right. and, and yeah. likes to rig it. That's yeah. all it is. He made a okay. ton from Ganesha off this shit. <laughs> um, I mean, look, Taylor Swift is is a weapon that the left could use if anyone uh, who's running the Democratic Party knows who she is, since they're all you know, around Biden's age. Uh, <laughs> but the right hates her, and she has so many fans, who many of which are voting age, uh, that actually could have some impact. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have uh, also heard that perhaps if she said something uh, about what is happening in Gaza, it would have an impact. Uh, but of course, that's not going to happen uh, because, you know... Uh, yeah. I guess you know that we are never ever get, getting back together. Does you know lay out the the difficulties of a two state solution? <laughs> um, 
I was struggling for a punchline and that did it, Andy. Thank you. That was I was like, I come up with something. Come come up with something. Riff something funny about Israel and Gaza right now. I'm afraid yeah. I'm now out of Taylor Swift references with that one yeah. song. I mean, thank God you rescued all of us there. We were all re- we're all reaching like, for why don't the other Middle East countries get involved and scrabbling around for shake it off spelled S H E I K. You rescued that situation. That's thank good. God. Thank God, Andy. Which yeah. God? Who knows? Let's not get into it again. <laughs> um, I was. Uh, I mean, it, it was a, a compelling game, and, and Patrick yeah. Mahomes, the, the star quarterback, um, struggled in the first half, and then came through with some amazing play under pressure. And I'm, I, obviously, I watch a lot of sport, uh, both recreationally and um, in recent years professionally, um, and I, I have such respect for people who can do those kind of things un, under pressure. See, you know, a lot of the England cricket team in pressure situations. Because when I, I, I often find myself crumbling slightly under the weight of potential victory towards the business end of a game of pass the pigs on a family holiday, when the opportunity to defeat my wife and two children looms tantalisingly within reach, and I can just feel that tension gripping me, the decision making getting a little bit clouded. You know, the one time I took a penalty in a shootout in a football game as a student in a second 11 game for my college and I mean college in the not in the American sense of something with thousands and thousands of people this is a second 11 of about 300 people most of whom didn't play football and I had to take a penalty and I dribbled it straight down the middle so slowly that the goalkeeper was actively laughing by the time the ball <laughs> got, got to him and of course, there was that time I find mys- found myself having to stand in for George Foreman in that boxing fight in Kinshasa back in the day, in what I must <laughs> say was a very realistic George Foreman outfit. And I couldn't make my early superiority count. I didn't keep that mental clarity you need at those moments. I fell into the trap the other guy was setting. What was his name again? I forget. But in mitigation, I was only 24 days old at the time. But still, I really respect those who can perform with that level of brilliance when it matters most within the sporting universe's scale of mattering a lot. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was up till yeah four four thirty UK time. I suppose I for you sport. though, there's some degree of, of of comfort in the certainty in a in a world where we're influenced by many things. And you know, are you European anymore? If Britain has has um, committed Brexit, are you? You know, are you? What religion are you? What race are you? I mean, I, I think you, there's some degree of comfort to take from the certainty that missing that penalty confirmed that at least you are 100% English. At least you know. <laughs> at least you know that. Oh, ouch. 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 Too soon? <laughs> Too soon? Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's uh, Bugle. Um, a delight to have you both on. Do you have any things to plug? Hari. Uh, my special vacation baby still available on YouTube. Uh, they haven't pulled it yet. They haven't. Right. They haven't pulled it. Apparently, they can't pull it because quality control isn't an issue. You can, <laughs> you can still put it up even if it's no. It's it's a very good special. And you should watch it. Watch it in three. I got shows June twenty first and twenty second in uh, Bugle Stronghold, Dayton, Kentucky. Um, <laughs> Which is close to Cincinnati, to be very. Yeah. It's actually uh, border Cincinnati, and then uh, Sunday, June twenty third, in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so yeah, yeah. My website's hurrykundabolu dot com, which obviously just means you type in hurry on Google and see what happens. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing a, a full tour around Ireland and the UK. I've added a few UK dates. So I'm doing London, Pleasance, 
uh, Bristol, Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham and uh, Glasgow on the stand and I follow me on social media at Neil Delamere Comedy and uh, our th- our fifth series of our podcast Why Would You Tell Me That is out in a week and we talk about really random stuff and uh, I think people who like the Bugle will enjoy it. Uh, I will now plug the Bugle tour. In fact, we've got a QR code that you can... It's an audio QR code, so listen carefully. From the top left, obviously, you start with a black box inside a white box, inside a black box protected to the right and bottom by a wall of white. Then top row, little white square, two little black squares, little white square, little black square, three little white squares, two little black squares, white square, black square, both little, little white square. J- just go to the website, uh, thebuglepodcast.com. It's probably easier. Uh, live dates uh, around... Um, England and Scotland through March do come to all of those shows also uh, if you want to join the Bugle voluntary subscription scheme to help keep this show free from advertisements flourishing and independent go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button premium level subscribers will get our exclusive subscriber only vinyl record which is currently in production um, and uh, also a monthly Ask Andy show for our subscribers when I answer all of, well, some of your questions. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Buglers, buy your tickets to the show and goodbye. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.